This episode of Bonfireside Chat is brought to you by Trenton Sasser and a bunch of other people like him who uh, were generous enough to donate to our Patreon campaign. That is a monthly crowdfunding thing where you kick us a couple of bucks each month and uh, you get some rewards. That is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Every little bit helps and uh, we're meeting our goals and uh, it helps us do cool things like continue with the Bloodborne season and such. So yeah, that is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And I'm Jason Killingsworth. And you're listening to a Bonfire Side Chat Appendix. It is a Cursed Appendix. And this week we are reading your responses to the Old Iron King DLC, Crown of the Old Iron King DLC, even. Or, oh mm-hmm. yeah, and also your follow-up Oh yes. as well. Sorry, I just corrected you like that. Like, that's what we always do. I just got confused for a second. <laughs> that's fine. It's been a little while yeah. since we recorded. This has been a... It's, it's, been, it's a been a while. A, <laughs> there we go. Um. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and as you heard, um, Jason was kind enough to stick around. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Yeah, Jason. Absolutely. So, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this. Senior writer at Riot, the head writer. Which one? Yes. Um, I'm the, I'm a senior writer in senior. the in the European office. So ah, okay. there's a whole there's a whole team of writers in the in the US and. And so I look after the writing for community and esports and internal stuff and and website news and yeah, so it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, but it's it's a lot of fun. So yeah, I enjoy it. Is it is it just whenever any of the characters mentions apartment, you just have to go in and auto replace it to flat? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I just add random use to words that don't yeah. that don't don't require them. Yeah. <laughs> Legends. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I was unsure whether I can make like jokes like that. If if I've never had anyone be offended if I've like made a joke about uh, specific, you know, like a kind of uh, English words like that. Um, but I, I'm glad that you're not offended. Or it doesn't seem like you are, unless you're like quietly typing an email to <laughs> the, the CEO of, of Ducktown or what have you. Yeah, I'm sure there are probably people that humorless sort of yeah. out there somewhere. But I, 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 I choose I not to associate with, it, with them. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so I'll go ahead and, uh, and just uh, get us started here. Um, so uh, Travis, or BPT Rav, uh, says via comment, um, I've been catching up with your podcast, and I almost fell off my chair when you mentioned someone named Cheeseburger. I think that was me. I have a character with that name who wears elite knight armor and ferrum leggings, and I was hanging around that area a while because Alana was kicking my butt. And there are a couple of images. Um, it was a pleasure doing battle with you, good sir, and I love the podcast. And next time, I'll bring those onions. Yeah. Smiling emoticon. <laughs> Smiley face emoticon. Yeah, so Travis, a.k.a. Cheeseburger, um, <laughs> this is a very small world. You definitely, by looking at your character, were the person who helped me beat, uh, I believe, both Alana and Sin, um, <laughs> which I mentioned <laughs> in the past episode. That is amazing. <laughs> so uh, I, in turn, I nearly it. fell out of my chair when you dropped this comment on <laughs> the blog entry. Oh, so yeah, I just wanted to uh, uh, let people know how magical this world is. And we're all interconnected star children. 
Yeah, thanks, cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> a cheeseburger yeah. made of stardust. <laughs> Every if you believe Carl Sagan. Um Yeah. Um so Steven writes in via contact continuing the follow-up. Um there's been a lot of talk about Lucatiel and how her quest is disappointing for her failing in or ending at a dead end and going hollow. But I feel like there's another small wrinkle to it. You're probably both aware that you can find her summon sign in one of the DLCs, right? This summon sign shows up even if you complete her quest, and most people assume that she goes hollow. However, it's important to note that the, that the dead cannot be phantoms. This means that even though Lucatiel has lost her purpose, um, even though she has forgotten who she is, uh, that she's still out there fighting the good fight. This mirrors the journey of the player somewhat. Uh, what this means is that Lucatiel, rather than failing and fading away, lives on as an empty warrior, devoid of self, but not of sense. Hmm. I don't know if you're yeah, trying like- to make that sound like a happy end. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. It also could. I mean, that's what I want it to be. But then there's that doubt that, um, you know, I end up having with some of the Dark Souls two stuff, where like, I don't know if that's a gameplay concession or like fan service, or if that's supposed to play into into her actual lore that she shows up later. Because if I recall, there's nothing like really meaningful about where she shows up. Um, you know, and people can die. Like you can kill Lucatiel. In uh, in the game, or like you can kill at, at uh, and her summon shine won't show up there, but I guess it does show up in the DLC. Mm-hmm. Even if even if you do, if you get her armor, because I saw it, even though I killed her for her armor. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that is a, actually like a intentional story thing, or if that is a um, you know just kind of a gameplay yeah thing. I guess I'm gonna sound like a jerk when I say this. I don't know if I if if I'm entirely convinced of the supposition that the dead can't be phantoms. Because of the uh, the tweeness of it, mm-hmm. yeah. see, I've, yeah, I've avoid, I avoided saying it because, like, the, aren't there some situations where, like, Witch Beatrice, um, and, you know, died fighting the, uh, the 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 four kings, but you you know can summon her uh, for the for the you know crystal butterfly, right? Yeah, yeah, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not 100 percent convinced of that that either. Um, yeah, and I think also, and I could be wrong about this, and I should know this, but um, I don't, and, and people could feel free to take a task with us. But, like, I think in Dark Souls 2, is it true that you can be summoned when you are hollow, but you can't summon yes. when you are hollow? Yeah. So I think that, mm-hmm. yeah, so she could be, you know, hollowed out and and be and be gone, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word, but still be summoned. She just can no longer summon other people in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it's not like it's invalid interpretation. It's mm-hmm. just uh, I'm not. I don't know how airtight it is. Yeah, which is fine because we're not dealing in matters of airtightness. Yep, for the most part. And it's a it's a different conclusion for her story, which uh, which is something we can we can entertain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jason, do you want to read uh, Owen's comment? Yeah. So Owen got in touch via contact, and he says, "In your Shrine of Amana Undead Crypt episode, you mentioned the two royal knights standing at the top of the stairs before the fog wall." They were giving me some difficulty because you cannot pull them off the stairs. On my current playthrough, no shield, NG+, sun sword. I had cleared the hall of all but these two knights. I poked at them a couple times, but had to make a hasty retreat after an ill-timed roll. I quit the game, shook my fist, and vowed to return to teach them a lesson Hmm. later. When I did return, you can imagine my surprise when the two normally steadfast knights began wandering around like they were searching for something. I shot one with my trusty bow, and my grin widened as the knight turned and booked it in my direction. 
I dispatched them one at a time and was finally able to face Felstadt. Wanting to make sure this was not a fluke, I used the feather and restarted the run. Sure enough, the same thing happened. On the PS3, quitting the game with only those two nights left appears to be a reliable way to get them to move off the stairs and away from the fog wall so you can take them down one at a time or run past. Hmm. So it yeah. seems like their pathing or their, uh, their 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 guardian status is uh, uh, entirely dependent on the people that are around him, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That, um, is, cool. that, that is a ridiculously specific set of circumstances. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's how you that's how you discover things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like whenever I'm just yeah. kinda like, how did somebody even figure this out? Like it just happens. Like there's yeah. just enough people, enough monkeys and enough typewriters that like mm-hmm. this stuff gets found out. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um, so kind of moving on to our responses of this area, yeah. Ryan says via contact. This is long. Uh, I, I didn't edit it down because there were enough cogent points, but if you want to throw off to me in the middle, you can. Okay. I might, I'm, I'm feeling strong, so I might be able to, to get through it. We'll see. Um, Ryan says, uh, this DLC has so much going for it. The extreme verticality and the level design, interesting new insights into the Iron King, the inventive NPC invasions, the cool new weapons, and yet, when I remember this DLC, all I can think of is a tor- Artorius. The majestic greatsword is clearly the most direct and unabashedly blatant reference to the old knight and provides new insight into its old wielder. The further corrosion and lack of luster on the blade shows its extreme age, yet somehow it is actually a very good weapon in its own right this time around, unlike its counterpart in Dark Souls 1 uh, that wasn't really worth the stat investments. Any Dark Souls 1 fan should instantly recognize this blade, and it becomes a wide-eyed, holy shit moment upon reading the description and testing out the moveset. It also seems to confirm a popular fan theory about Artorius fighting you with his offhand. It only permits uh, Artorius's iconic acrobatic attacks when held in the left hand, and even gets a damage boost if you do so. It hit me, then, that somehow Artorius's legend continues to grow in hindsight. He was fighting you at his weakest. He was fighting you at the weakest he could have possibly been, corrupted by dark, completely feral, and without his great shield, and holding his massive sword in his offhand. And yet he still manages to be arguably the toughest fight in the entire game. What chance would the Chosen Undead have possibly had if Artorius had been at full strength, or even at half strength? However, the great sword is not what reminds me most about the Abyss Walker. It's, uh, it's his spiritual successor, the fallen swordsman Raim the Fume Knight. The references are clear at just a glance. Their helmets are remarkably similarly shaped, with the beak in the front of the helm that shrouds their faces in darkness. Their armor has similar shapes of deterioration due to dark exposure. They both are abyss-corrupted knights who were tasked with destroying the dark and instead were infused with it, either by choice, Raim, or forcefully, Artorius. They both use their offhand with a greatsword as their primary weapon and no shield. They both vary the timing of their attacks quite significantly and can chain together attacks somewhat unexpectedly unless uh, you have just seen them enough times to learn exactly what variations in the animations look like. Oh, and they both punish you with nearly instant death if you dodge incorrectly. The only wrinkle is you can prevent Artorius's phase 2 while Raim's is almost guaranteed. Uh, Raim is almost like Artorius's beefy big brother. Instead of dancing around you and flying into the air with wanton acrobatics, he instead relies on brute, brute strength, heavier armor, and powerful magic. However, fighting both of them is like a dance. Fuck the shield, fuck your armor. You learn the moves and you dodge them or you are dead. Raym, I feel, is the only boss in the game where you literally need to get good or you will never, ever beat him. And I feel the same can be said about his spiritual predecessor in Ulysseal. Very strong case. <clears throat> yeah. 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 It's, it's funny because, you know, I, I kind of equate Artorius's boss fight with honor. 
You know, mm-hmm. like just like, oh, this is this is like a straight up duel. Like we are not so much equals because he can do a bunch of fancy shit that I can't. But that's that's the that, that's the takeaway that I have here. Whereas with Raim, he has, you know, if you don't prepare the arena correctly, he has the you know this healing power of his benefactor this you know this person who gave you know made him as he is today and kind of is propping him up with this healing right and there's something i don't know not like not like dishonorable about that but you know uneven i suppose yeah yeah i like i i don't disagree disagree with that either Mm -hmm. the um yeah i have to look at the armor and stuff again um i didn't uh didn't see that immediately the similarities but i might maybe just wasn't looking for it Mm mm-hmm so, Gary, you were talking about that kind of you know, that that fight, like the the feeling of two you know two knights kind of squaring off, and that and that is something they both have that really strong feeling of you know stepping into the arena, you know, with our mm-hmm. notorious like you are literally in in that kind of arena, and then and even the way that the the room for that rain fight is uh, is kind of set up, it it almost feels like a like a stage, like a. Mm-hmm. I didn't bring this up in the main episode. It looks like a kiln. Yeah, it does. It does kind of look yeah. like a kiln. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, all all good points. Yeah. No dis- disagreements on that. Um, yeah. I'll take us to Zane, um, who writes in via contact saying, so I didn't get the memo that some parts of the DLC were supposed to be done with a buddy. The NPC phantoms were not exactly helpful, especially since they had trouble either staying alive through a slog of cheap casters and giants or running past them. And I could only get through the rocket launcher shortcut about half the time. I believe he's referring to the Iron Passage. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, even when I got Wait, to there's the... no rocket launcher weapon in the... <laughs> yeah. Well, you, well, you have DLC. to beat it in under a certain amount of time. Yeah. It's like Resident Evil. Like, if you do that, then you get the rocket launcher and you get the alternate costume where you look like uh, Brad Pitt's character from Seven Days in Mexico or whatever. <laughs> yep. Like, <laughs> yeah, and there are some legends you, you, you know you can only get to by rocket jumping. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I believe he's referring to uh, luring a salamander into blowing open a wall for you. Um, uh, even when I got to the fog wall, I usually had this, that slowdown hex on me, um, and I needed to heal too. So right away, uh, this boss, the smelter demon, uh, was not going to be pleasant. Time after time, I managed to slip past the waves of enemies in my own smelter armor, only to get smacked down by my big blue brother. Uh, fighting the smelter demon probably could have gone a lot smoother if I had taken the color change to mean uh, what it was supposed to mean. That instead of fire, this one was doing magic damage. So why didn't I uh, uh, take this rather obvious clue? Well, as anyone who's ever dealt with a Bunsen burner should know, blue flame is actually hotter than red flame. Uh, I had just recently explained this, uh, so it was so it stuck in my head as I looked at the uh, clone of the most annoying boss ever. Blue smelter demon, eh? Must be extra hot. That's how it worked for Flamestag. I mean, it looks like blue fire. Only after I checked the wiki was I able to beat him. I don't think this fight or the lead up to it was well thought out at all. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's a little bit poopy. What was the case? There was a there was a, a monster, I believe, in Demon's Souls, who it appeared that he was doing fire damage, but it was actually magic. I think I'm thinking of the uh, the Flame Lurker. Flame Lurker does fire damage. There's um there is, I know there, you're right. I'm trying to think of who it is, though. Um, well, there, there's, uh, what is it? Um, in Dark Souls, the uh, um, the uh, demon, the, the fire. Church. 
Uh, well, Cecil's discharge. I don't know um, who's the the next boss in that area though. The uh, Demon Fire Sage. He does magic damage. Yeah, Demon Fire Sage, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's the yeah. one. That fucker. Yeah, that 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 motherfucker. He yeah, he does pure magic damage, and it look and it seems like he should do fire damage. Yep, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. I I don't know what what Ceaseless does because I've only fought him legit once. <laughs> so. Oh, did you walk him off the edge? I tend to walk him off the edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never. I, yeah. yeah, I never meant. I could never. Well, I didn't find out about it until later, but I I could never. I could never get him to do it. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't play along. He's got a. He's got a. Death wish, <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, because he's a giant weeping monster. <laughs> yeah, like he yeah. he literally wishes he could die. Yeah, so works out. Mm-hmm. Poor ceaseless. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Let's uh, let's get to to Gregory here. He says uh, via contact. I started the DLC on NG Plus, so I was having a little more trouble than normal with the end game content. I have no idea what that's like. <laughs> Gregory. <laughs> Uh, come here and hold me. Um, <laughs> on my sixth or seventh try, I had the Fume Knight brought down to about 5% of his health, and rather than helping me finish the Fume Knight off, Steelheart Ellie started taunting him. Jesus. <laughs> you can guess what Raim did next. Now, I could be imagining this or misremembering it, but I'm wondering if anyone else experienced this in any of the boss fights in the DLC, or if I'm Alon on this one. <laughs> <laughs> He, and then he apologizes for the pun, but I almost didn't want to read that because, yeah. you know, yeah, I think you got to own it, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a. Uh, I like it. I like it. For, fist, for fist bomb. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, we approve. You, you, this, this, is, this is safe, Greg. Yeah. Like, we're you, you we're good. Right? We, we, we say dumb stuff. Yeah. Um, all the time. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> it's what we do, Greg. I, I know that the summons can taunt now. Um, mm-hmm. And they can do motions and stuff. I've never seen one do it in a fight, though. Hmm. That's like some next level shit. If that's <laughs> if that's what that means, like when you said, Ellie started t- taunting him. I'm assuming it's like the, you know, the you're going down or the decapitation motion or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen that before, but that's crazy if that if they do that. Like in in a way, I like I I would love the idea of there were certain if there were certain summons who because of their disposition or just the way they carried themselves would like to leave you to be the death blow, mm, right? Like, yeah, that's a cool. Yeah, like like hey, this this one's all yours, buddy. You got this. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Yeah, but I've never had that happen. I or wouldn't... vice versa, like somebody who has the disposition where they're kind of seeking the glory. Mm-hmm. You know, and and are ultra aggressive, and and will kind of push you out of the way. Yeah, they pull out the stops, and then do like a like a war cry mm-hmm. at the end of it. And their know? their summons are just bowing down to to them over and over again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just it's like the I, ego, I mean, I would, the ego unlock. I, it's been a long time, but I, I talked about it a long been time a while. ago. It's been it's, it's been a while. Um, so I talked about uh, Chubby Solaire, which was, and for those who don't remember, it was my. Just I stole Slayer's armor, I made it really fat guy in Dark Souls 1, would get summoned for the gargoyles and then would just stand and cheer. <laughs> um, and not and the fight. And I would you love if they this. added somebody who did that. Because I think that would be really incredible. Somebody just didn't help. Just kind of hung out and gave you the you go motions. It would be great, like if you could summon about fifty people and get like the FIFA, you know, sort of the <laughs> FIFA crowd, like where everybody kind of every third person does the same uh Kind of, you know, same exact motion. Yeah, all... throw a couple of channelers tridents in there. Yeah, yeah, play, yeah. play yeah. some Young Turks. Yep. <laughs> I wish. 
Um, Frederick, uh, so that we're moved on to some people because we uh, recorded Sunken King kind of at an inopportune time. We have some extra responses from uh, the Sunken King. Um, so Frederick says, by contact, uh, during my time with the DLC, I had a great deal of what the F moments, even though I'm by now a seasoned Souls player. I'm sure you've talked at great length about all the griefing invaders, but the surprise giants popping out of the snow, the semi-secret last boss, as well as the fr- at first confusing layout that looped back over itself and over and over, it made me think of the very first time I booted up Demons and Dark Souls 1, where I was placed in a hostile world with no sense of direction and misery around every corner. A fantastic experience, and best of all of the DLC. 10 out of 10 would die again. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. The uh, giants popping out of stuff just keeps happening. Yeah. And these giants be popping. Yeah, they're waiting for you. They are, they are indeed. Popping and, and, and lock oning. Yeah. <laughs> Pop, popping and lock on. It was a terrible shirt for you, asshole, for us. Yeah. Popping and lock on. Yep. I am, I am opening up my document. Okay. Just like, get screen printing. So, so many of these, like, honestly, I just I write them down and then I just wonder what the fuck we were even talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like do you, want, do you want me to like just just read some of them for you sure yeah what do you what do you, so so just so you know jason so me and cole if if well, none and of our nick, team, and nick and, and yeah. nick nick's definitely in on on this um i, I don't mean to include him um if none of our dreams work out we have this idea called terrible shirts for you assholes and it's a company we want to start where it's <laughs> just those like internet let's just bash two things together pun yes things. um so and just because people will buy them because people will wear any shirt, um, so we've been kind yeah. of collecting those for a while. <laughs> and uh, oh man! And the, and the dirty That's secret true. of this is that they often end up as shirts for our Patreon backers. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> They're just Yep. So like, I have Ashlake Wobegon. Mm. Oh my god! <laughs> Kawaii is shit. <laughs> Long live the new sincerity. Okay. Um, still Havel yeah. from The Rock. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Beware the Chaos Warbler. Yeah. That, see, that's actually like, because they had that, a, yeah. Nick drew that image of the <laughs> yeah. Chaos Warbler. Nick redeemed that. Yeah, he, he redeemed that one. Um, Jug- Juggalo Thomas. <laughs> and then finally. I never forget that guy. <laughs> Poppin' and Lock On. So. Yep. Poppin' and Lock On. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I didn't, when we were talking about the. The crying Pharaoh's mask. I'm, I'm glad I didn't do my fair cry uh, joke. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> but, oh. Another one for the list. <laughs> oh man! Um, I'll take us to uh, to Robin, I believe. Yeah. Robin, who writes in via contact, saying, Hey guys, a quick note about the Sunken King DLC discussion. Gary found the summon NPCs for the Grey Robber boss uh, fight didn't stay with him when he straight up ran for the Fog Gate. That's strange, as they ultimately found uh, them uh, found that they surprisingly always followed me and didn't hang around trying to kill enemies during the gauntlet. Granted, it took them a couple of seconds to catch up, but they did follow. Not that it mattered, as they were pretty hopeless in the fight, except to keep a couple of the gankers busy. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't look back on them. It's possible that they weren't staying to fight; they were just mm-hmm. getting hit. Yeah, yeah. You know, because um, I I was running away. But yeah, that I wish that they would have followed me. Yeah, it sucks though that they were not useful. Eventually, you know, got through it and found found human beings and figured out how to do it on my my lonesome and made it work. Yeah. But it was a. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that they worked out for you. 
Did did you just make a beeline a beeline through the area, or did you? Yeah, did you that, that's, clear that's it out? like I I kill everything my first time through only, and then at that okay. point I'm just going to try to figure out the fastest way to get through usually. Yeah. Um, especially if I've lost all my souls and I have nothing to lose, like, you know, that's the, I've talked about that a yeah, lot, but like, exactly. that's one of my favorite dark souls moments is the like, well, I have nothing to lose. Let's, let's try a bunch of different stuff. Like, let's see if I can make this work because I can take mm-hmm. all the risks. So, yeah. Nice. Um, uh, so do you want to, uh, Jason, do you want to read Omegs? Yeah. Omeg, uh, via comment, Sin is pretty good, but his AI could use some tuning so he doesn't stay in the air for minutes. He can be really frustrating to just get a hit on. Yeah. It's really frustrating to get hit on by that guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's constantly uh, breathing out negs. He doesn't it's take the hit. Toxic fire negs. It's his, it's his dragon breath. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. I did like... I did like that kind of that kind of sense of sort of running around with him because he was in the sky like and and just the way the the camera is always kind of a bit of your worst enemy in the game mm-hmm. um like he I'd I'd constantly lose track of where he was overhead and that actually made it a more terrifying fight yeah um so yeah, yeah it's it, just like you know just come down to earth so I can it's like Stab a taunt you. where he's like, I can just, yeah, I can fly, so you can't touch me. So, yeah, it's it's what I would do if I were him. <laughs> you know, like I would try to stay out of stay out of reach um, as much as possible. I wonder if like if uh, there were there was a way to get kind of more on his level. You know, like if the arena had kind of two levels, um, and you were able to, if he was doing that stuff, if you were able to run up to a side area and maybe you know that would change the behavior, if that would answer that criticism at all. Um, because it, it can be like if you're spending a lot of time on the ground and you just can't do damage, it can be a little bit frustrating. Um, and he does seem to stay in the air more than any of the dragon fights we've had so far. Like he does it more than uh, uh, Calamit. Yeah. And, and more than uh, maybe not more than the ancient dragon, but like the less we say about that, the better. <laughs> so I wonder how many people thought that Ka- like the, the, the Sin fight would have something similar to Calamit to it, especially because you had heard about this, you know, knight who had come in and, you know, you know, halfway slain him and such like that, mm-hmm. that went in with a melee build and just saw him flying around and flying around and flying around and search fruitlessly for that, you know, for like, yeah. for, for that trick that, you know, that yeah. has like the, yeah. Getting, getting go to, or God mm-hmm. to like shoot him down. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and finally, uh, Trent says by contact, um, of course, the switch that contact that opens the path to the secret tree in Shelva is protected by a bunch of spitting statues, but you don't need to shoot around them. You can break them with destructive great arrows. I discovered this through experimentation and then found that it works on all destructible objects. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Um, he's talking about well, that, like the way you get up to that weird little tree creature. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, you know, amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, getting the angle on that's really tough. I did not know you could destroy those. I have never used a great bow in any of the Dark Souls games. Neither have I. It seems Neither very counterintuitive. <laughs> like, they seem like they are for griefing, knocking people off bridges for YouTube videos. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's why like, they're created. Yeah, that's what they seem like they're good for. For me, that's interesting. Like, I never would have tried that. <laughs> it's so, like the point cool. on the arrow is like the YouTube kind of play sign. It's like just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just 
this yep. way to mega Griefing views. compilation with dubstep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Every time you yeah. get shot with one in DLC, like a little YouTube pop-up comes over it. Yep. and just says, like, subscribe to my videos. Like and subscribe. Drop the base cannon. <laughs> Dark Souls dubstep videos. <laughs> dot YouTube dot com. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody. Yeah. For responding. And thank you again, Jason, for sticking around and, and helping us out today and yeah. being a delightful person. Yes. Uh, thanks, guys. Yes, this is this has been a tremendously long recording session. <laughs> yeah, especially for this show. Like this show mm-hmm. doesn't usually go on this long. Yeah. Um, I knew that was gonna be the thing with these DLCs though. Yeah. Like they're they're big. So mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I it it's it's just nothing nothing but a pleasure to Two two hours and fifty minutes with you guys. Like Aww. the only way it could be any better was if there was we were in the same room and there was there was alcohol involved. <laughs> so, so, someday perhaps. Someday perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I that I feelings all mutual. Mm-hmm. Um, where uh, where can people find you on the internet and uh, check out your work? Yeah. So um, I mean, you can you can do a search. If you do a Google search for my name, Jason Killingsworth, um, you probably find some of my old uh, sort of music, uh, film writing, and, and game journalism stuff. Uh, or if you want to just hear me, you know, talk about what I had for breakfast, it's uh, at Riot Whiskey, W H I S K I, uh, Riot Whiskey on Twitter. That's where I hang out. Do you want to give listeners? a naughty little sneak preview by saying what you had for breakfast this morning on the podcast? Well, uh, this morning for breakfast, I had a blueberry muffin. Um, it was, it was rather delicious. Um, (laughs) and I washed it down with the fruitiest tropical smoothie you could ever imagine. Um, Actually, one of the nice little perks of, of working for Riot is that they they bring in smoothies in the morning, um, so to have them on the counter back in the back in the kitchen. So that is that so. is the kind of hard hitting breakfast news <laughs> you will get from that Twitter account. And then you come to expect from Bonfireside Chat, our cursed favorite. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. In in uh, yeah, in all sincerity, uh, check out Jason's stuff because mm-hmm. he is a great writer and and is a is a wonderful dude um and you know the stuff that you can do for us yeah um support our patreon patreon.com forward slash duck feed tv um continue to write in and uh and participate and then ratings and reviews and the like are very appreciated keep listening if you have any friends who are getting into dark souls because of various sales and things like that uh point them our way um (laughs) and uh we will be their companions their obnoxious overly laughy companions yeah, and make sure you tune in during the next episode because I think that's probably when we're going to be ready to start talking about what we're going to do between Dark Souls Two and Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna, we're going to talk about that, and we're excited because it's cool stuff. Gary, I'm excited. I'm excited too. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a lot of people have already guessed and stuff, but they haven't guessed all of it. Damn it. <laughs> <Yep>. um, <laughs> just guessed some of it. Every time they guess something right, the plan changes. Just yeah. Despite, yeah, exactly. Just despite them. Well, yeah. So now now we're gonna do Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. <laughs> Jokes on you guys. You guys just couldn't keep a secret. <laughs> no, we had to keep uh, going degrees of souls. Uh, likes you know? I, I, I like this alternate reality where we're seeking the dumbest possible fans yeah and and we were willing to play do like you know 10 weeks on dead or alive extreme beach volleyball despite them 
Like this is this is our three hour in depth examination of this character. That's some Andy Kaufman level shit. Bambi, Bambi McJump physics or whatever the, uh, the characters are called. <laughs> Bambi McJump. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Bam, okay, well, indeed. Umbasa, folks. Umbasa. Umbasa. Yeah. Um, I am I am uh, ready to get started if everybody else is ready. I don't know if everyone has their, their beverages of choice. I am um, ready. Or their, their bucket of chicken wings or what have you, whatever <laughs> their podcasting <laughs> Snack of choice. Is. It's always good. You just want the like the most disgusting burps possible to escape. Like, well, yeah. well, yeah. We we, we added out all the wet meat noises out of the. Show. Oh, good. So, yeah. The sound all designer the... on Super Meat Boy kind of slapping yeah. steaks against uh, flagpoles. And, uh, yeah. It was actually just me and Cole eating chicken wings at each other. Yeah, yeah that's the secret. Yeah, somehow they got a hold of our wave files. Yeah. Chickenwing.wave is what we call that one, and <laughs> they downloaded it. So, uh, yeah, cluckfeed.tv. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The feed. That's eventually like, you know, how like, you know, sports stars retire and start restaurant chains. <laughs> oh. The podcasting retirement. Yeah. Wait, as, as, as opposed <laughs> to just being <laughs> with the actual. Restaurant. <laughs> podcast retirement is which is just like which is working until you die yeah yeah which, yeah exactly which is just uh doing it until until you stop but the the uh yeah i love the idea of us opening up a chicken wing place <laughs> called cluck bead we're gonna feed you those clucks <laughs> open so. open up uh sucker and we all pray that we will have far more soon he's an actor he's a dude oh, okay I, I did not know that guy joke fell flat no, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm more of a Vin Diesel man when it comes to actors myself. There's only two actors as far as I'm concerned. Vin Diesel and John Wilkes Booth. And, and, and no points in between. Yeah, and, and, and it's just because he's necessary for history. Exactly. Without him, there'd be a, a paradox. Without him, we'd still have Lincoln. If you walked up to Lincoln's glowing hat and entered the president's memories. And then had to fight off John Wilkes Booth. Uh, Oh man, I'm playing it in my mind right now. Yeah. Right. It's a good game. Be the f- next fucking Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Emancipation. Yeah. Like, like. <laughs> it'd be it'd be like different, like Assassin's Creed Absolution or uh, not, yeah. not Absolution. Um, what is it? Abolition? There we go. Yeah, Abolition. That that sounds so much like an Assassin's Creed game. Yep. Like already. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Abolition. Like somebody's already making that. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've run out of uh, out of names to stick after Collins in in video games. I think we've reached peak Creed. Yeah, peak Creed. We have we have reached peak Creed. <laughs>